This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. What is going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Tonight, we are going to cover the Knicks, you know, obviously do our usual two-game recap. Um, Episode 87 here. The Knicks just, literally, they just keep killing me slowly, very, very slowly. It is torture. Um, It's the same shit every night. Now, they did pick up a win the other night, um, you know, to wrap up their five-game homestand against Detroit. It was a 96-84 to victory in 2020. That's kind of a low-scoring game, I'd say. Um, and really, you know, no team really had the knack. You know, the Detroit Pistons obviously came out of the gate very sluggish because... You know, there was no Andre Drummond via trade. Obviously, the Morris trade, too. The Jackson trade. Um, and then the injuries to Derrick Rose, to Blake Griffin, obviously. So they really they were just came out with a gutted roster for certain reasons. And they just, you know, as an underachieving Pistons team, you know, I kind of expected them to have little energy at this, uh, at this point in the season. And the Knicks didn't have energy much either, but I guess they had more energy. And, you know, the two teams just kind of dragged through mud for the majority of this one until the Knicks kind of took over a little bit in the third period. Um, Alfred Payton was feeding Julius Randle, his pet. Um, but yeah, the Knicks dominated defensively and pretty much took over the paint um, on both ends, to be honest, because Detroit only scored 32 paint points, so the Knicks were doing a very very nice job keeping them out of the interior, and the Knicks, on the other hand, capitalized with 54 paint points. No team shot the ball well, so you know, the Knicks just had to do their damage um, wherever they could, you know, wherever the open spots came. Um, and it was just a paint-dominant game for them. You know, Detroit couldn't get anything going from outside either, to be honest. They were only 29% from deep. So the Knicks just locked them down pretty good, but it was definitely their paint presence. Um, two guys in particular, um, I looked at Mitchell Robinson and Frank Nielakina being the defensive anchors that game. You know, I think the two played very well. Mitchell Robinson had 11 rebounds. Down there, he was crashing the glass, and he had three blocks as well. So his interior defense was outstanding. Also had 14 points, so did his damage, again, down in that paint. And Frankie Lakina played some good defense as well on the wing, as a wing, obviously, guarding the uh, perimeter and doing a nice job on whoever he was called upon to cover. Um, Frank hit a couple of big shots down the stretch. He did a nice fourth-quarter bag of tricks where he crossed somebody and finished at the rim. Um, I think he had, he had a couple of nice defensive plays. I think he drew a charge down the stretch in that game. Uh, even Kevin Knox had two blocks in the first half of that game. 
Um, but, you know, leading the way, I guess it was Alfred Payton with 16 points, um, 7 of 11 shooting, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. And Julius Randle, who led the team in a bunch of categories, uh, led with 22 points. He led with 12 rebounds, led with 9 free throw attempts, and made 7 of them. And he led with 3 steals. So he was playing downhill, you know, aggressively, using his strength more than more often than not. And he hit a 3, took one 3-point attempt, and he made a 3. Um, so he played well. Alfred Payton played well. But again, kind of hard to get excited when it's those two as opposed to when it's your kids doing the work. You know, when it's part of your future um, doing the work, that's when you get excited. But, <laughs> you know, it was, a good, it was a good win. The Knicks held the Pistons to 37 points down the stretch in the second half. Um, the fourth quarter was their big quarter. Um, and the third quarter was their big offensive quarter where they got a lot more spacing because they had guys like Ellington on the floor, um, Bullock was on the floor, which allowed the lane to open up for Randall to do his damage. Um, so that was pretty much that on that game. Again, not much to talk about. Um, as we move to tonight, a little more. You know, a lot happened tonight, man. It was a tough loss against the Washington Wizards. Um, the first of a, of a week-long road trip. For the Knickerbockers, they they took the uh, 122 to 115 loss, and you know it was it was tough to watch because, well, first of all, the first the first half of this game was not that it was a dream for for you know for a Knicks fan like myself, but it was good because you saw the kids doing work while the veterans got their own too. Um, but it was the first half that included a lot of offensive cohesion tonight, um, you know, aggressiveness, selflessness, um, continuity out there. You know the Knicks had the 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 slow start, which they you know scored four points in the first four minutes. They were down eighteen to four. Um, Mike Miller used his second timeout within the within that span and took all five starters out of the game just a few minutes into it. And that was kind of what what sparked them to, from the get go. Um, the bench took over. Bobby Portis had a hot shooting first half with sixteen points. Uh, playing the catalyst was Frankie Lakina, who. Dimed down a bunch of assists, and he even started scoring from all over the floor. He was aggressive, driving to the lane, down the lane, um, getting to the free throw line. I think he, you know, nailed a, a couple threes, a step back, a crossover. He dug into his bag of tricks a couple times, had some flashy passes as well to Taj Gibson, and he played very good. He ended up with 20 points and 10 rebounds, um, 10 assists. It was his first 20-point game of, of of his career. You know, it's it's obviously. Not good that that was his first one, but it's good in terms that you're finally seeing Frank be aggressive out there. But yeah, that first half, um, again, man, the Knicks looked good. They had some cohesion. Uh, in the second quarter, again, Frank kept passing. Frank kept scoring. Reggie Bullock even started to get hot a little bit. Um, the Wizards really only had, I think they only had five points um, in the second period up till the, like, the 530 mark. Or something like that. So the Knicks were locking them down as well as hitting their own shots, and they headed into the the locker rooms at intermission up seventy to fifty four. And that was about it, because in that second half, it just all started to go downhill. Um, you know, I look at turnovers as being the big part of this loss here. A lot of turnovers in that in that third quarter. Ten of the Knicks' eighteen turnovers came in that third period. Um, there was a point where the Knicks turned it over three times in a row. The first two of those turnovers were twenty-four second violations. That's unacceptable. That should not happen. Um, it was very disappointing to see that they were forcing shots in that second half. They were just very sluggish, um, you know, and they couldn't defend the three-point line. Uh, a barrage of turnovers. 
just poor three-point defense, dumb fouling, uh, you know, forced shot attempts, missing box outs, um, you know, just poor rotations on the, you know on screens, not rotating correctly on screens. They were getting abused in pick and roll with Thomas Bryant, Bradley Beal hitting threes on them all night. The lineups were terrible, questionable decisions from Mike Miller. It was not good, and um, you know, adding into the fourth quarter, a seventeen to four Wizards run. Um, allowed the the Wizards to head into the fourth, tied at 87. So, and then once the fourth came, it was pretty much more of the same. Again, a barrage of turnovers, poor three-point defense, getting abused on pick and roll, not rotating on screens correctly, dumb fouling, and it just ended up where the Knicks just couldn't get it done. They had no cohesion that half. It was a tale of two halves. So, not good, guys. Not good. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Rob Carbone here. Really quick, I just want to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcast hosting site. And I say that again, it's a free podcast hosting site that will distribute your podcast for you to other platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Overcast, and all those websites. But here's the best part. Not only is it free, not only do they share it for you, but they will pay you for recording a podcast. They will pay you. And you can do it from your computer, from your phone. All you have to do is go to the Anchor app and download that or go to their website, which is anchor.fm to begin. It's everything you need. It is so convenient for podcasters like myself. So please guys, go download the Anchor app or go to their website, anchor.fm to begin. See you there. points, 10 assists, um, 4 steals, and he shot 6 out of 9 from the floor. So Frankie Lakina, again, we spoke on that a few minutes ago, but it was at least a positive to see him be aggressive out there and see him play with some confidence. Um, now that's definitely been a step upwards for him this season. Um, I've definitely noticed he's playing with more confidence and he's playing more aggressively and he's getting, you know, um, he's kind of gaining more courage on the floor, not afraid to do certain things. It's not a it's not a large improvement, but it's definitely something I've I've noted. It's it's a noteworthy improvement a little bit. Um, I just I just want it to be more consistent because I'm not ask at this point in his career I'm not asking Frankie Lakina to be a a lottery pick. You know he was a lottery pick for the Knicks, but I'm not asking him to live up to lottery expectations anymore. At this point, I just want him to be a good solid NBA player. Um, doesn't even have to be a starter, but. You know, for this Knicks team right now, where they are, I would like for him to get some starts here down the stretch and, you know, not play Alfred Payton, who's probably not going to be here at all next season. And if he is, that'll be his last year because he's on a non-guaranteed two-year deal. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to play Frankie Lakina again. And the last couple nights, he's been more more aggressive out there. Ten shots versus Detroit, and tonight he goes out and goes six of nine from the floor. Takes nine shots, and he scores his, you know, 
20 points for the first time in his career. Um, again, man, this is a guy who just, if he can just be aggressive out there and have that, have that confidence in his shot and just play like he, he play with the force. I think he could maybe, you know, the ceiling is there for him to, to eventually score in double figures, um, maybe on a lightly basis, maybe an eight, nine, 10, 11 points tops. And I'll take that with the great defense he plays and, and with how unselfish he is offensively and how he gets, you know, not just one or two people involved like Alfred Payton does, but when Frank's out there, he gets everybody involved. Now he has, he has to, um, you know, be more of a of a floor general out there and command out there more. He's not necessarily a great quarterback, you know, so to speak, yet. But you know, I do like the fact that he at least tries to involve the guys around him and, and involve the youth and not just certain players every game. You know, because we see this often with Alfred Payton where he's going to run a two man pick and roll with with Taj Gibson, or he's going to he's going to run a two man pick and pop pick and roll game with Julius Randle, and he doesn't necessarily give get everybody else involved. R.J. Barrett is often left standing in the corner or, you know, Kevin Knox and, and you know, other guys aren't getting involved enough. Um, but with Frank, you're getting more involvement. You're getting that, you know, that that um, that team chemistry, cohesion type of play from him. So I do want to see him become more aggressive, but I think to, in order to get him to have that confidence, you have to, you should, he should probably be starting every night at least 25 to 30 minutes um, and just thrown out there consistently to see what he's got at this point. You know, there's only 18 or something games left in the season, so why not? Um, I also wrote down that I think R.J. Barrett had... Well, he did... Well, first off, he did score 16 points. You know, it took him 15 shots, but again, I know I've, I've said this the last couple of, um, of episodes where it's good to see R.J. Barrett still score 16 points on a bad night. You know, that right there is the sign of a good score, right? It's the sign of somebody who still knows how to create opportunities for himself and generate offense. So he still did score 16 points despite shooting, um, what was it, what was it, 5 of 15 from the floor. and But he did really struggle elsewhere. He, he struggled, um, again, didn't shoot correctly, didn't shoot, uh, prop, uh, what's the word, didn't shoot well because he, he forced a lot of shots. He had five turnovers. Defensively, I thought he wasn't he wasn't great tonight. I thought he had some very poor defensive lapses out there. So RJ Barrett had kind of a rough night, especially down the stretch in that game. But again, I'm going to look at the 16 points as a positive because lately we're seeing it more often that even when he doesn't shoot well, he still manages to score um, around his average, which is a tad under 15. Mitchell Robinson at 10 points tonight. Um, only played 25 minutes. Again, he, his impact when on the floor was known. It was known. He's a very high-impact player out there. But why are we limiting his minutes? Um, we even froze Frank Nilakina a little bit out of the rotation down the stretch. Again, questionable decision-making from Mike Miller here. I don't know what's going on. You know, why are we closing games with guys we shouldn't really be closing with, with guys that aren't part of this future? I don't know. But it continues to happen, and it's got to be, you know, it's just, it's, it's not something I see changing. And the Knicks just couldn't get it done defensively tonight. You can't allow 122 points and expect to win a ball game. Bradley Beal poured in 40 points. Although I think they might have changed it to 39 after the game. Because I think they might have given him credit for a free throw he didn't make. I think it was Thomas Bryant who actually made a free throw. And they gave Beal the point. But still, 39-40, he went off tonight. And the Knicks just let him take 25 shots. Let him get to the line 16 times and convert 14 of them. 11 field goals made. Thomas Bryant, like I said, abused the Knicks in pick and roll. 
scored 14 points, uh, rebounded 9. Shabazz Napier even went off for 21 points, hit a 3, was killing the Knicks inside the arc, and um, that was pretty much it, guys. Again, Knicks just had trouble defending down the stretch and just had trouble getting any type of offensive rhythm down that stretch. 14 out of 35 was 40% from deep for the Wizards. They were also 38 out of 45, 45 free throw attempts. They hit 84% of them, the Wizards did. You can't do that. So, giving up 40% from three on 35 attempts, 84% from the line on 45 attempts. That's a lot of offense you're allowing there um, just by simply those two those two spots on the floor. And for the Knicks, you know, they, they were only 8 out of 21 from distance and uh, 23 for 31 at their stripe. So there's, you know, a big part of your game too. But you look at that, the defense, the turnovers, and just the lack of cohesion offensively um, in that second half. And there's your ball game right there, folks. So I think that's going to wrap this one up. The Knicks will head to Atlanta tomorrow night to play the Hawks. So I'm sure Trey Young... Will score at least 40 points because he's averaging what 30. So definitely due for a 40 point game against the Bockers. It is in Atlanta, so we'll see what happens there. The Knicks, like I said, are on a week, a week long road trip. We'll see what happens again, though. You know, it's not really about the win loss anymore. It's just at this point, I just want to see the kids learn to win and just learn to play well together. And the kids. You know, spend time with each other on the floor. Put the right lineups out there. You know, put the kids in in position to succeed and make sure certain guys are getting the minutes they need to be getting. And that's the, it's still not happening at this point. You know, it's Mike Miller is obviously coaching for his job here. He's he's coaching for wins as opposed to you know he's not trying. Um, you know, we're not we're not really prioritizing player development. We're just prioritizing Mike Miller is prioritizing. You know, coaching to save his job, which is kind of, you know, at this point, I think it's um, it's safe to say he probably won't be back in this capacity next season. I think he should be on the staff next year as an assistant, but, you know, I don't think he'll be around as the head coach. I think the Knicks are going to explore their options out there, and we'll see what they do. I mean, Tom Thibodeau is obviously in rumors, but uh, just recently, obviously, uh, over in New Jersey, Kenny, Ax- Kenny Atkinson was fired. You know, a lot of people didn't like it. They said, you know, the Nets were, what, the seventh seed? They're heading for a second straight playoff um, playoff appearance. Now, I, I understand it's, it's playoffs, but you, they're, they're, they're what? They're under 500 by five or six games. They're only in the playoff hunt because of how mediocre and weak the Eastern Conference is. So I wouldn't necessarily done say he's done a nice job. But then you look at it, Kyrie Irving is injured. Obviously, they have no Kevin Durant. So maybe maybe it's not necessarily all his fault, but still, even that team last year, a lot of those guys are still there. You still have Dinwiddie, you still have Levert, and and a couple other Joe Harris, and you're not getting the job done as well as you were last season, where you where you were well over four uh, five hundred. So I, I I don't know. I think he's maybe getting a little too much sympathy from the fans here. Maybe it's just me and my Brooklyn hate, but or um, New Jersey hate. Well, I live in Jersey, to be honest. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but. I love I love you know dogging on the Nets because I'm just a diehard Knicks fan and I can't stand the Nets so I don't know man it's I just prefer the Knicks I don't know we'll see what they do in terms of this head coaching thing we we've got a we've got a season to finish though guys we're we're only in game 65 
So there are still, you know, a little under 20 games remaining. I'm not going to do the math because I can't count. So um, <laughs> that'll be that. But guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Again, this has been Rob Carbone doing episode 87 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Now, guys, real quick, if you haven't followed my Twitter account, be sure to do that and also follow my Facebook. The handle for both of those pages, um, you can find it. Just type in at NYSportsTalkRC at NYSportsTalkRC, either on Twitter or on Facebook. The name of the page is Rob Carbone. And you can find me on Instagram as well. Um, the handle there is at Rob J. Carbone. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees Index analysis, then subscribe to it, guys. What are you waiting for? I'm on iTunes, uh, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, um, the video cast is on YouTube where you can actually watch me speak about this Knicks team who sucks so much. Um, and I'm on plenty other platforms, all the major platforms. I'm on about 10, 11, 12, 13 platforms maybe now. Uh, a lot. It's a lot of platforms. You can find this. You can find all those platforms on my blog, you know, on my website. It's my opinion, which is located at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, you can find all of these platforms to subscribe to my podcast or follow my social media. You can find all that information right on my website, It's My Opinion, which is located at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. This has been Rob Carbone with 80 with episode 87 of bd4 we are coming up on 100 soon a few weeks we will be at 100 that's gonna be fun um but yeah i will have an episode um on the yankees sometime this week i'm finishing up an article right now on um on the yankee lineup and how i think the yankees can maximize the potential of their lineup you know with all these injuries and stuff so i'm gonna have an article on that out sometime this week and maybe the day after I have released that article. I'll have an episode on BD4 here um, on the same topic as well. So look forward for that. But as for the Knicks fans that follow me, uh, I'll see you in two games from now. All right, guys. Thank you so much for following along. Thanks for checking this out. This has been Rob Carbone with BD4, episode 87. I'm signing out. Ciao. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe, share, and all that fun stuff. If you want to follow BD4 on all the different platforms we have, all you have to do is go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Thank you guys. I'll see you next time. Ciao.